0: What's up, everybody? My name is Fernanda Sesto. I was born and raised in Uruguay, but I'm currently a senior at the University of Rochester in New York, and I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship, technology, and building things. I've been involved with the venture capital space since my freshman year of college, and I decided to create this podcast because I want to bring visibility to Latin America as an emerging market and help investors and just people who are interested in investing in the region to understand more about the ecosystem there. I will be interviewing investors and entrepreneurs, talking about their career, their experiences, trends, and everything related to ventures. In this episode, I talked to Santiago Rosenblatt, who is a founder and CEO of Strike, a software security testing startup that offers continuous pen testing tools to make sure a company's data is safe. Santiago is a computer engineer from Uruguay who has previously worked at Shah and who started hacking at the age of six. I hope you enjoy it. Hi Santiago, how are you?
1: Doing great, how are yourselves? How's your, big, your week been so far?
0: I'm great, just started classes today, so pretty excited. So, very happy to have you here today. Um, you're the first Uruguayan that I am interviewing, so that makes me really happy. <laughs> Um,
1: no, a pleasure. Thanks for the invites.
0: Yeah, so can you like give me a quick intro about yourself and so everyone knows about what you do and your background?
1: Oh, for sure. So I'm Santiago Rosumlat, founder and CEO of Strike. Um, so basically I'm 26 years old, but I actually started hacking 20 years ago when I was six, six and a half. And that uh, led to, to well, basically start offensively hacking lots of applications, streaming services of... USA like NBA NFL NHL uh PayPal and then I ultimately ended up leading cybersecurity at some of the best or biggest companies in 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 Uruguay and and the Latam region like um AstroPay Logan and uh, ended up in in Pedrocha um behind the leader Group the leader hero Group um and now I, I ended up in, in in strike which I'm gonna tell you about it later of course
0: awesome yeah I actually um heard about you like when there was this um post or article in one of the newspapers that said yeah like you were a hacker when you were six that was pretty cool um so yeah tell me about strike how did it happen and what's the story behind it
1: well so so uh, want story uh, um so basically as i said i started hacking really early like real offensive hacker uh, i would hack everything related to passions so um, from I'm a really big fan of Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. So I would hack the official streaming services to watch Kobe Bryant play at 3 a.m. here in Uruguay. And then I started growing. Um found vulnerabilities in PayPal that allowed me to have animated trials in Netflix and Spotify. Um and when I was 14 and a half, um I found a vulnerability in a marketplace that allowed me to buy any item for free, just paying for the for the shipping um and i went ahead and i got four items uh a psp like a station um a smart tv a microwave uh, and a small TV for the kitchen and uh, it worked so i realized here yeah, like maybe this, is, this isn't this is good you've been stealing for the past eight years which is crazy because i wasn't doing 15 there um and then i just get it just kept going that way and i started helping some some of the best companies here as i said um, and that experience, especially well, like a couple of years later, um, I went to study in, in UK, came back from Oxford. And at that point I was giving conferences with people from companies like Silicon in Silicon Valley in Europe and, and LATAM. And I was helping there, like big, big companies like Twitter data in, in Silicon Valley. And I was thinking, how is it possible we're spending tens of thousands of dollars per year or per month uh, in these companies? while I was hacking when I was uh, like eight years old with a $100 netbook in in La Latam in, in Montreal, in my bedroom. And I was cutting, causing a lot of damage and I was being able to bypass lots of security measures. Like cyber security, it uh, being really expensive. You know, like um, especially the, the, the defense, it's been super expensive. We need to level the field, you know, make cyber security defense as uh, affordable as offense in some way. So that's that's how strike... Uh, happened, actually. originally uh, an original idea and wanted to 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 create a, uh, an enterprise or a business related to cybersecurity because it was just a hobby for me. I had some in the past that had to do with fashion and technology or uh, an application to go out at night. So nothing to do with this, but it uh, just, uh, I think, was casual that it ended up in, in, in Strike.
0: That's pretty cool. And you started pretty young, right? Because Strike, how long has it been since started
1: so well so strike this time when i i come back from from uk so it's just on the on on mid march 2020s, just on the beginning of the pandemic i finished my term there come come back home due to the pandemic and this idea uh, of the problem i wanted to solve the one i was just explaining comes to my mind uh on the last days of march 2020 and since the first week of april that year I start meeting with uh, uh, operators from different companies, CEOs, CTOs, CISOs, every week with one or two asking, This is, I mean, talking about this is a problem we're solving. This is our current solution. What's wrong with this solution? And that just kept us iterating from that year on, from consultancy to then penetration testing as a service, then continuous pen testing. And now we are moving towards continuous security, which of course I can deep dive uh, just in a bit. Um, but that's basically uh, when it started and now and we ended up releasing uh, or opening to the general public this year so two years later actually um so back then I kept working at Payosha for one year and a half more while I was uh, still developing strike so to be uh, to to put you in in time yeah. uh, in some way so from April 2020 till August, I was just validating. And on the first day of August 2020, I say, okay, I, I, I've i been validating a lot. I need to keep validating, but in on the 1st of August 2021, I need to have something something up, like a, a staging, like a beta or something that needs to be up. So uh, I coded in 10 minutes uh, a small website, which was a counter, like a, a bash script that would uh, code itself in online... Uh, um, a counter that said, "Okay, 365 days remaining," and it just kept going on. And at that point, I said, "I need to start alone," and people would, would just appear. And that's that's how it went. So I started that day with uh, with the domain and the, and the web page. And four the, four days later, I met uh Fang one Tommy, who ended up leading leading strike with me, uh, since the beginning.
0: That's very cool. Very cool. Um. So you know this podcast about venture capital, and I'm trying to interview investors and entrepreneurs who have experience um, raising money in Latam. So you've raised actually a seat round this year, five point four million. So congrats about that. Uh, how was that experience like, and why did you decide to go fundraising? And you know what was your strategy, if you can like tell me more about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, regarding so you said how was the experience like? Uh, it, it was amazing, um, amazingly intense as well. Um, I can describe it as, it, 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 it's, uh, I say it's amazing because for me and of course the other people are just listening to me and, and are not being able to see me. But the way I describe it is, it was past year, let's say when I started uh, really speaking with BCs was, uh, I guess, in September past year. 2021, um and I just realized that there's something really big going in front of our eyes like just going through like this all the venture capital war with people wanting to help other people to to create to build amazing things like a super massive enterprise that are solving big problems it's just in front of everyone's eyes like everyone's eyes but it's like you can see it like most people mo- most people don't realize it there, and suddenly you open a door. Like an Narnia, maybe like you open a door, you get inside, and there's this this insane world of people like super cooperative, um, like with operators helping young entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs contributing as well, um, people, you know, um, basically investing and, and and lending capital to other person that uh, basically wants to do something and helping. So that's that's how it felt. It felt like suddenly it it, it it's difficult to get there. But once you are there, it seems that everyone wants to help. So it, it it's incredible. And I personally have a person that loves helping. I have my two hours per week on Tuesdays that is for helping people. And it just felt amazing, really, to to find that. And how like how did I decide to, to go from race? Actually, it was casual. So originally, I started with bootstrapping. And given these conversations, like uh, the, the problem, What's, like this is our problem, this is our current solution, what's wrong with the solution? So after one year, uh, since I started validating, so it was March, April, 2021. And one week I met with Ruben Sosenke, uh, one of the co-founders and former CTO at Peridoxia. The next week I met with Sergio Fogel from the local, And the following week, like the last one, I met with Ari Burstein, former CEO and, and uh, other of the three co-founders of, of Peridoxia. And I met with them, I said problem, solution, what's wrong with the solution? They said problem, it's super clear, I suffer it every day in my company. Solution, it's amazing. At that point, we were already in, in continuous fantastic. Um, what's wrong with the solution? And it's you have more than twenty people that want to invest, and for some reason, although you know exactly where you want to go and how you're gonna how you're going to do it, what you need to do it, you're saying, No, no, I just want to use my own money, do bootstrapping while you have people wanted to invest millions in yourself um if i would have been in your position when when i started i would have definitely have taken that money to make it faster because it's it's the only thing that it will will do just just help you right so that's how i ended up fundraising and in terms of fundraising and then the, the strategy as well so basically as yes, i didn't want to to um to raise money at the beginning what i did was for the people who, who helped me in the beginning, let's say in, in the beginning of my, my my career, my professional career while, while I was working, I said uh, these seven, eight people, um, let's give them the chance, chance to invest because they have uh, uh, indirectly helped me build Strike because they gave me, uh, they and their, their, their mentorship in some way and their companies had gave me all the knowledge I'm using to build Strike. So I am invited these seven, eight people to invest in a pre-seed at a lower valuation than the one we knew we were going to be raising. And this these were like the three co-founders of Pedidocha, my former CTO at Pedidocha, uh, Sergio Forge from the local, Juan Jose Correa, uh, which was my former CEO at, at AstroPay and some other people from, from the local. And basically it was, we don't need money right now because we're doing well bootstrapping. Uh, we we let them invest, and uh, so they could have you know, like 0.25 percent. So those who, who wanted to invest one million, or those who wanted to invest five hundred k, like it was like no no no, we don't need this amount of money. <laughs> this is not for now. So actually, most of them invested again in the seed. So actually, it was first proceed with with them, always thinking strategically, so that they could would contribute uh, in other ways that just giving money. So let's say it was um, smart money and same for the for the vcs so while i was doing bootstrapping um organically they like some vcs started arriving and vcs like really big vcs from from europe for instance like really known vcs um even the so i guess one of the examples of this is i i I developed in some way a track record given my, my professional work I ended up having like the former director of, se- of security at Deliver Hero reaching out to me through LinkedIn, telling me, hey, Santi, like, I was speaking with the CISO of Palo Alto Networks. He's looking for, for investment opportunities. I know you're doing something big. I'm not asking. I want to connect the two of you. And it's funny because that was around March, April 2021. And I was waiting. I was developing Strike already. But I was waiting until something like August 21st um, to show him strike so, and, and to, to look into his opinion. And actually what happened is that he was trusting me so much that without even knowing what I was doing, because he had no idea, he was like, I trust you. Like, I trust you as a person, uh, as a professional. I'm already referring you without even knowing what you're doing to this other person who actually is now an angel. And and he came with uh, this VC from 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 Germany, who we decided not to. But it was kind of mutual. So he like the VC ended up not investing, but he did, he did. And I often speak with with uh, with him with Sergey, and and I guess just kept going on. So you start speaking with the BCs that arrive, then you you decide um, who to who to get in. And I guess one of the key decisions was to make sure that the businesses we were picking were not based on how much they were going to invest or the valuation. Actually, it it, it had to do with, again, strategic, making sure that they believed in our vision and what's going to be there. And we could have raised at a much, much higher valuation, like I guess like 10 million more valuation than the one we ended up raising. Um, but we decided of course to raise at a lower valuation because we prioritized prioritized um experience and strategy in, in, in besides um or contrary to all the prioritizing money. And that's uh, that's basically how it went. But to put in numbers and, and sum up this point, we wanted to raise two million on the beginning. In three, four days we are we arrived right to 500 commitment, 500 k commitment um from operators like the Zero Networks, Matty from OZero, of course Sergio Fogler and some other some other guys like really renowned guys and we said okay a bc who wants to lead uh, we want to have significant equity so let's increase to 2.5 million and at the end it was impossible to raise raise less than 5 million because we were over five. for i guess it was like 17 or 18 million and we ended up raising 5.4 so it was, it was in intense
0: yeah yeah that sounds pretty <laughs> intense um but it's also i think it's interesting that you mentioned that that you know you kind of, like, prioritize the investor's experience and how much they wanted to get involved with, like, helping you and, like, giving mentorship and also how passionate you were about your startup and, like, your mission. I think that's also very important. And, you know, that's the main difference between active and passive investors. So looking for active investors is definitely a great thing for for entrepreneurs. Um, So... Yeah. Did you want to add something?
1: No, I, I just want to say that I guess the, the way I think about it is that this is a long-term game. So it's not like a one-year or six-month thing. For me, it's this is like at least like I don't know like five, ten years on. So I this is a relationship in some way with the VCs, and you want to partner with the best. The best VCs, the best people, even like in-house. So we have a we, we put a lot of uh like emphasis in the culture. And strike and uh, our values and principles and how we move uh, to give an idea.
0: Yeah, I definitely uh, like that that approach, Santiago. Um, so, in terms of you know Latam and Uruguay, of course, what are some of the trends that you see in the region in terms of venture capital and entrepreneurship?
1: Okay, so some trends. So I see that now. So, of course this year is a bit lower but especially on the, on the past one as more and more uh, unicorns started to 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 appear from South America uh they, they turn in some way to uh, some kind of cool schools you know like schools for for different kind of entrepreneurs that would give them the well the the knowledge the ability uh, the strategy and, and the funding or, or the, the network to create their own thing and you've seen different different cases especially in uruguay uh, as companies as Sha, uh, from the Hero, the local like all of these companies that then ended up having people going uh, going away and and starting developing their own things with the mentorship of of the former of the founders of these other companies and i'm just talking about uruguay but argentina is the same mexico the same um, so i think or, or colombia of course with the with the rapi mafia um, and if you actually have a look at Strike, so Strike, it's basically people f- who were in Astro Paid Local and Paid OSHA all together, or even the Liver Hero. So, our chief legal and strategy officer, she was formerly leading legal at the Liver Hero. Um, our CMO, or at, at some point, he was he was at the Spay Guard, but then Paid OSHA, Univan Criana. But the, there's a, a, a common thing, which is Paid OSHA, and same with, with people from, from the local. So, I think common trends well new companies like new new companies growing with this global mentality uh knowing that going global and building something big like this like $5 company, company billion dollar company is possible and that's one of the best things like understanding this is something that it's achievable like without any uh, it's, it's a no-brainer that you can achieve that you need to play hard and and move like travel if it is like you if you need to take a play for one day or 12 hours to go to to europe from Uruguay or to other place you just do it like you need to keep moving every time and iterating like every day to like to well to make better better your company but improve yourself as well um but in terms strengths i am seeing lots of new companies being out there that want to go global that understand this is possible and you see that more companies are are raising money right now from strategic investors especially to go go conquer these new markets abroad
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's very interesting um marcial mentioned this also in the first episode of this podcast that you know when you have these big companies um already established for a while in in the region then the employees go and start you know their own startups and that kind of feeds the startup ecosystem and it's very interesting, you know, to see as well. Um, so these are two questions that I ask every person who um, I interview. So, do you have any hot takes about ventures in Latin America, and do you have any advice? You know, the podcast is for young investors and people in college, and you know, people who are just trying to get more involved with the Latin American uh, venture ecosystem. So I know you're also pretty young, so it's cool to hear from someone that is around the same age and if you have any advice.
1: Yeah, I guess first in terms of like hot takes, I should have one. I am getting the into, uh, it's it's uh, it's um it's really a hot take that I, I could have said, no, let, let's not mention this, but actually I believe it's really important. So I was speaking with this, with another founder, another female, female founder a couple of months ago, because... I've shared a lot of times that people say, so there's a saying uh, in some ways that it's more difficult for for women to race, um, and I've I've heard many people saying it's actually not. But I was speaking with with here, and actually I I personally I know I, this is personal. This could be subjective, but I do believe it's actually the case because many people don't realize or think, no, like when they say they cannot fundraise, it's just because they're not trying as hard as they need, but it's the same for a man or for a woman. But actually that's not the case. Um, so what I've seen is I, I have, as I said, I, I know this 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 founder, which I go, I, I get along really well. And she has the, this issue in which at some point when I was working at another company, uh, she was meeting with clients, and she went at uh, night to have dinner just for professional professional meetings. And and when they finished dinner, the the um, the the man there asked her like, "Should we go? Well, now we go to the hotel." And she was like, "What? What do you mean with the hotel? Yeah, I, I guess you're here for for the reason." And she was like, no, "Of course not. Like this is business." And I I mentioning this this event. Because I guess many people don't realize that at least how you asked about the, the, pro- the process and the strategy. So I would have dinner, like go like, uh, drink something or have a, a lunch with, uh, with many many investors, like many uh, men's in some way. And there's no way they would think that I'm trying to, to get them into some, something else, right? And on the other case, I guess many times people uh, get confused when they shouldn't. That they are doing business, like uh, and and for example, here, like she wouldn't ask ask anyone to have dinner with her after that event because she don't want to get get exposed to that situation. And on the like, I'm following with with, with this thought. Actually, if you have a look, most of the CEOs, which means most of the operators, and then most of the investors, and are men. So this means that they get exposed much more to these situations if they want to raise. So I think. Uh, Saying that this is not uh, that there's no difference. I think it's 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 being super biased and actually not paying attention at the big picture And I think more and more we speak about these things and we understand that there is a difference that there there are some things we need to speak as a as a community in some way. It's going to improve. Um but I think this is a hot take which I, I know I'm getting into a field like super controversial field, but I think it's important. I'm risking myself. I think it's it's wise. Or at least I I feel it's honest for me to mention it because I see it I actually see it happening.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely. I mean, female founders, my one of my biggest like passions in terms of like supporting. That's why I got into uh, ventures, and definitely I, I feel like, uh, in like America and in the US, it's um, I think in the US and in Europe maybe it's more spoken. But I, I feel like in emerging market sense, you know, still like it, the, the startup community is predominantly male, um, you know, these situations are unfortunately happening. And I definitely like seen um, testimonies and like stories of other female founders who complain about investors, you know, having this, getting confused and having this wrong idea of like meetings like that are supposed to be. And also, you know, the power dynamics are not really like, well, you know in that situation so definitely yeah i i well i think that's the school i bring that up and so the second question was about advice
1: so uh, advice on fundraising I mean
0: advice in general like for people who want to get involved you know with the vc ecosystem in Latin america with like startups and like um in, yeah in general
1: yeah, so so advice is a a strong word, I guess, for me. So I feel I'm just con- constantly learning, and as you said, I, I'm super young, so it's not that I'm, I'm I'm super capable in in some way of giving advice. But I can say, I guess, I don't know for, for like for BC, especially for for building something like for for starting with something. As I said, so in my case, I I decided on on August twenty 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 twenties like i'm not waiting for anyone here it's like i need to to do something big i need to do it along with people like do it to together uh but i think to start like you don't you don't need to wait to someone to appear to start you need to start to keep pushing to to get hard and then people will suddenly appear and you you, you can coach them or, or you can get them in and and empower them with your vision and and showing them why this is something big and people will understand um but this is one of the first things like just you need to go get it you know you don't, you don't wait for other uh, other people to appear you just do it that would be the first one the the other would be um, I, I guess to try to to enjoy the the journey so it's really intense so uh, especially this week so uh, to give you an idea we say uh, and we know that we are in a startup because your worst week it's just the, the one before your best week and we were having like uh, i guess the past month and a half one week, week which was amazing then uh, our most like our worst week ever then an amazing week again then our worst week ever and then one good week and at the point i would tell the team hey rest this week uh, enjoy go to night do anything because the next week could be could be could be really intense and actually we 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 broke this trend and uh, our last two weeks and a half or three three weeks uh, have been really good, <laughs> but um, I guess the, the, the most important thing here is about enjoying the journey because there are lots of things that are going to be happening that you you look look back and you're saying, these things that when was in front of me, I was thinking, no, this is a really big mountain, really difficult, and it's impossible for me to climb it to go to the other side. And then when you moved one month in advance, you look at that, and that was just a, a small stone in the in the road, you know? Uh, so I guess enjoy the journey remember that you never know where this and takes takes you and, and your team um so I think it's about enjoying every moment and on the on the last notice I think would be especially for BC that I think it's about trying to help people like people who I see as I said uh, in the beginning people who get him in, into BC uh are especially passionate or helping people and contributing so if you are like that I think you have a lot of a really big opportunity and uh, you are going to be learning and being able to contribute in different different fields. So I, I would just encourage people to either create their own venture. Like there's nothing you can lose. I mean, you can just learn like, If if you ask me, like if for some reason, strike would fail, like what would be failing? Right? Because I, I met um, like incre- incredible people during uh, along these two years uh i even made really good friends like uh, people I, I can really call friends that would call me when they're not feeling well besides strike like nothing to do with strike and in the same way i would do so so i think it, you just you just go do it like there's nothing bad that can happen i guess you just go and if it doesn't turn out the way you expected it, 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 it either way it's going to be a, a great experience
0: I love that optimism <laughs> and that on that positive note ending on that positive like no. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Santiago. This was very cool. And I appreciate you joining the podcast.
1: Now, as I said, amazing to be able to join here and for the opportunity. I'm humbled. So, thank you for, for doing this and uh, for keeping with it with podcasts.
0: Yeah, thanks. a great time talking to Santiago. I love talking to fellow Uruguayans who are pretty involved in the startup ecosystem um, in LATAM and I really appreciated like all the advice he gave in um, his time. So I hope you also have fun and that you enjoyed this episode and come back for next one.